All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me everywhere at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Neil, how are you doing late this evening? Dead broken, son. Dead broken. <laughs> like a 16-hour day today, and I am having the mother of all allergy attacks in the background here. So I curse this weather and this planet and fall and all who enjoy the leaves turning while I sit in a dark room having a migraine. It's going to be a saucy show, people. Saucy show is what I'm telling is what I'm telling you. I mean, you want some good news? I can give you some good news. Sure, hit did me you, with it. Did you know that uh, we are the highest rated semi-weekly fantasy football podcast hosted by two or three guys in separate states? That's right. That's right. America has spoken. <laughs> America has We spoken. are that we are that very niche demographic. We are Take that, one. Mike Tomlin. That's right. Take that in your one-star review. In your face. Yeah. Oh, that uh, so, is uh, lead story this week, other than, you know, our popularity. Uh, Melvin Gordon. He's back. A la Jordan. 95. Melvin is he going to wear a different number? Yeah, exactly. He's going to reverse gonna the number. Yep. Will he wear yeah. 80? I don't think they'll let him be 82. <laughs> so, Melvin Gordon... Ending his holdout will return to the team tomorrow. Now, because he was not with the team on Tuesday, he cannot play with the team this weekend, which means he'll be there, you know, in spirit, but he cannot actually physically play for the team this weekend. That does mean that going forward, starting next week, Melvin Gordon is back. How much he will be incorporated? Who knows? How this affects Austin Eckler's total value? Who knows? For the time being... How do you evaluate the Chargers' backfield? Well, for the time being, for immediately this week, there's no change, obviously. It's Austin Eckler, and if you were playing Justin Jackson, my heart goes out to you. Um, the uh, the impact for a little bit down the road, yeah, they'll probably get him up to speed a little bit. I'm guessing they're not going to give him the Zeke treatment and just dump him in. Like, okay, here's your here you go. That's probably not going to happen. And uh, you got to worry about Especially him. not when you've got Eckler, why would you? Yeah, and Eckler's been playing too well. I think really it just eliminates whatever value Justin Jackson may have had and relegates him to handcuff, which is where we had him in the preseason. And Melvin Gordon will slowly round into form over probably two to three weeks. You'll probably get three to four weeks of him at peak value. And then we'll see from there because we'll see if he can retain, you know, football shape, not get injured. And uh, we'll see what happens with Eckler. I actually think this weirdly kind of helps Eckler because I've been really concerned that how many weeks can he give you that full workload? You know, historically he hasn't really been able to do that at that clip without getting hurt. So uh, kind of like that, but I, it takes the ceiling. It takes the, the uh, yeah, it takes the ceiling. You're right. Lowers yep. it. Yeah. Lowers the ceiling all the way down. So kind of frustrating from that perspective, I guess. Rest of season. Uh, we talked about this in the preseason when they're both there, Melvin Gordon, legitimate top five guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I've had him over David Johnson, had him over Todd Gurley, had him over um, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I don't know why I couldn't think of Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) You know, of all the people to not think about in a holdout situation, Le'Veon Bell, I guess, just the trauma blocked him out of my brain. That's that's your own brain self-defense mechanism from last year popping up. But we talked about the fact that with them both there, Gordon, a top five guy and Eckler, a high end flex. Like, he's not just the handcuff. He has legitimate value on that team, especially, once again, 
with Hunter Henry going down. With no true tight end in that offense, they need someone to catch the dump-offs, and that is consistently the running backs, and they rotate those guys in to keep them all fresh. We saw Austin Eckler also get mixed in a lot last year in the slot, kind of like what the Bears are doing with Tariq Cohen right now, not to that full extent, but you know what I'm saying. He still gets snaps, he still gets playing time out there, even with Gordon on the field, and uh, going forward, Justin Jackson's droppable. I don't even know if he's handcuff-worthy just from what he's done. This weekend, he's a great pickup that nobody seems to want. Uh, he's a flex, for sure. Running back 33 on my board. He has a favorable matchup. He should be able to produce for you. If you've been relying on Justin Jackson, don't cut bait now. Yeah, right before continue the big payoff. To, yeah, continue to, uh, to go ahead and milk that for the one last week that it's good for you and then cut it next week on waivers. Cut it, or but, if somebody wants to give you a handcuff value for it, you can feel free to trade him. Like, but yeah, yeah sure. I, if you need the roster spot uh, and, you don't, and, you're, and you have Melvin Gordon, for example, in that weird scenario where you just you didn't have Eckler, but maybe you just had the other two, you can hold on to him as the handcuff, I suppose. But yeah, he hasn't done a whole lot. This yeah, point. that's the biggest issue. Yeah, I don't even know. Like I said, I don't He's think it warrants a bench spot. He's averaging a seven, so it's really not something you need to be relying on. Uh, the other story: Saquon Barkley going to be out four to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain. Everybody and their mother spent some stupid money on Wayne Gallman this morning, picking him up. Uh, I made mention of it before. Wayne Gallman, a extremely good college running back. We talked about this in the preseason loads of talent you know very good guy has a lot of intangibles and was so mediocre as the lead back that they felt the need to spend the second overall pick on Zaquan like there are very few true handcuffs in this league and do I don't even think they give him the full brunt of the workload probably I I think it's very real that they like they I think are in the CJ Anderson sweepstakes well, they are now. Yeah, that's very possible yeah. that you could see him getting getting there and then, you know, totally tanking out Gallman, just kind of chewing into it. Because, no, I don't think they're going to give Gallman the whole workload. I get the pickup. It makes sense. He's going to play. He's going to have value. But the dollar values that were getting tossed around, people spending $40 of a $200 fab budget on Wayne Gallman for theoretically eight weeks is, I mean, I guess the logic is maybe most. shut. Well, maybe they shut Saquon down. Because they got nothing left to play for by that point. But we'll see. I mean... Well, I mean, I don't know. You know it, I'm I get it because running back can be so depleted. Depends on your oh, your, yeah. your league, too. Oh, no, running you back know what is I mean? like wasteland. In, in our sure. regular 12, uh, our, our 12 team league, there are other options out there besides Wayne Goleman that I would rather have off of waivers. You know what I mean? There are other interesting guys, like there's still way too much Frank Gore available. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's yeah, guys yeah. like Malcolm Brown, uh, Ronald Jones, who has the shot to be the full term running back in two Tampa good games, Bay. Actually, by his standards this year. Too. So, I, I mean, there are other guys out there on waivers you could pick up for much cheaper that you didn't have to spend that Wayne Gallman price on to give you basically the same amount of production, if not more. Everybody just gets caught up in the moment of, oh man, he's going to take over the Saquon spot, but. Given the six games when Gallman had essentially the quote-unquote full workload, he was basically right around RB 29 or 30. He's basically in that Justin Jackson range that we're talking about. The the, the, the mid-range flex 
where you're deciding, do I want to play him or my mid-tier fourth wide receiver? That's what you're talking about with Wayne Gallman every week. He's not going to immediately be an RB2. He's not a huge help. But like I said, in our 12-team league, plenty of better options. In our 16-team league, it's a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. So there's nobody out there better than Wayne Goleman. So I could absolutely see people spending a bunch of money to go get that because he was the best thing that was going to become available for a while. Well, that being said, so exactly. it all sure, depends. That, that's that's a niche Supply and part demand. of our offense. That's our, our, our audience that plays in leagues like that, like we do. The 16-teamer, the majority of people who play fantasy football, and I think listen to this, 12 team league people type of deal is is probably more your your wheelhouse. So, yep. Yeah, you didn't really need to go out and blow that huge that huge thing, but you know, it is what it is. At least you uh, I'd rather have that money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh only other news and note, Alshon Jeffrey expected to play tomorrow night. The man who is forever questionable will uh once again be stepping it up with the big old Q tomorrow. And I have to uh, make that decision. Do I play Alshon Jeffrey or not? I'm leaning towards no, but depends on my other options. Um, yeah, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. It just it, he didn't play this last week, so because he like didn't force himself to play on Sunday, it's not really you know a quick turnaround. He's had basically ten days to heal up from the injury he sustained in uh, the previous Sunday night football game. So, eh, I don't know. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, this is the, the roller coaster you always ride every yeah. year. Well, it's because he's so. questionable every week whether or not he's on the injury report. So that's that's sure. always fun. Yeah. So he's questionable for this game and every game that he plays. And a uh, huge candidate in my eyes to end up like starting the game, tweak something in the second quarter, he gets his four. That's always the scary part. Uh, that's the part so you, we'll that's your worst case scenario, so you got to be aware of that. I feel like if you have better options, you probably want to roll with them. Also, just... Not for nothing, but it's a Thursday night game. I know it's not a short week for him, but it is a short week for all for everybody else. And yep. uh, what I don't care for also is that it is the Packers and the Packers defense quietly playing Been a very whole good. lot better than the 2018 Packers defense. My God, like what a turnaround. Yep. You know, because Matt LaFleur is such a defensive mastermind. He's a genius. He's a genius. Yep. yep. At destroying your running back value. Exactly. And now for some reckless speculation. You're engaged in speculation. That is reckless speculation. Speculation 101, perhaps? Uh, that speculation. That is completely reckless. Is reckless. And this is just speculation? What's the deal with all this reckless speculation? On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Jerry. Hello. That is just a bunch of reckless speculation. The new drops are always my favorite for a little while, but that one might be staying at the top of the list for a little bit. Big fan. Big fan of that one. All right, let's talk about trades. Neil, you mentioned uh, last week, week four is kind of the time you start reevaluating your team. You kind of know what it is that you're getting at this point. Buy lows, sell highs. Let's kick it off with what we mentioned on the top of the show Chargers running back values. What are you looking at in the backfield in uh, San Diego, Anaheim, Los Angeles? Well, this is by far the hottest topic uh, just in general because it's big news and it all broke today. So people are going crazy trying to figure out how to evaluate such a hot topic that it's covered in goth apparel. It really is. It really is. It's got a bunch of gauges 
and uh, giant multicolored mohawk. Um, but it's it's unbelievable some of the values that are going down right now. So just in general, one of the just most asked questions is what do we do with Austin Eckler? Like you obviously a lot of these people are saying, you know, you obviously want to trade him. You want to get him off your team. Like you got to, you know, he's never going to be what he what he was. So now is the optimal time to try and get max value. Maybe somebody's not paying attention. And uh, one of the most common ones that kept coming up and keeps coming up is Austin Eckler for Marlon Max straight up. And uh, I was curious on getting your thoughts on that. If you could get, uh, I would take Mack, Marlon Mack. So would I. So would I. Hundred percent PPR league and in a standard league, I'm probably doing the same thing. So it's. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That we talked I, about this. It's rest of season now. Austin Eckler for this week specifically. Austin Eckler top five play. I've got him number three in terms of running backs. Yep, he's right. Rest up there. of season right around thirty. Back yeah, end twenties, and I'm right sure he'll have 30. one week where he's like six because he just goes off and some. Yeah, he'll just three he'll break out. Like yep. yeah, some huge reception for something. Do something crazy. Um, not obviously he'll do that this week. It's Miami. <laughs> so the result of that is a- anything you can get right now. And let's just get this out of the way right now. Justin Jackson. If someone wants to trade you anything for Justin take Jackson, it. I'm taking you take it. it. No, you take that. You, I don't care what it is. Um, I'm literally trying to get Justin Jackson for TJ Hawkins. Okay, like I'll take what I can get. I I feel like it's just more likely that people are going to say, oh, I really don't want that. And you might as well just hold it to play it this one week and then cut it, like I said, and use him as the waiver wire guy uh, next week. The guy that's on the back end of your bench that gets cut. Yeah, he's. But for Austin Eckler right now, Austin Eckler is a top five running back. And if someone wants to give you even RB2 value for Austin Eckler, I would jump on it. I don't think anyone's going to be dumb enough to give you RB1 value. Uh, but if if someone wants to give you RB2 value, I would take it. If someone wants to give you flex value, I feel like that's actually a fair comparison. Well, I and if somebody Marlon wants Mack. to give you less than that, then just hold it because he right. is worth a flex to you. Well, I brought up Marlon Mack because that was something that was getting accepted. People were, were actually getting that deal done. So I don't know if that's going to be true in your league, but... Uh, if you could get Austin Eckler for Marlon Mack, I mean, I would do that immediately. Like, I would go get Marlon Mack for Austin Eckler right now. Well, I'm sorry. I would do it on uh, Monday. <laughs> Monday is when you want to do that. But uh, Well, I, I mean, can, no, I would do it now. Actually, you I'm know fine what? No, I take that now. back. I'd do it now and take the penalty. Because this is your best possibility. I have Marlon Mack as a top 10 because he's playing Oakland anyway. So if, I gotta, if you're telling me that I got to just play Marlon Mack against Oakland this week and take the drop off from Eckler against Miami, I'll do that just to get the deal done for the rest of the season. So yeah, no, I'd do that right now. But what if we go down the page a bit here uh, and we'll stay within the position for a moment and then we'll jump, but really quickly, uh, Philip Lindsay for Austin Eckler. Um, yeah, I would take Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I'd take Philip Lindsay too. Uh, LaShawn McCoy for Phil. That was actually another one that people were asking about. Shady. I would rather have Austin Eckler. So would I. Now, this week, obviously Eckler. but Again, because I don't feel like that's the long-term play. If Melvin Gordon 
If something were to happen to Gordon, we already know how dominant Austin Eckler could be. Not to mention the fact that he will still have flex value. And on a week-to-week basis, I feel like he's going to put up more points than McCoy. And as I keep saying, I will die on this hill. (laughs) By week 10, Darwin Thompson will be the starting running back in Kansas City. So why am I going to get LaShawn McCoy so that in six weeks I'm replacing him anyway? Right, exactly. Uh, okay, let's go for more of a long-term play, but Royce Freeman. Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, okay. That's close, though. The ceiling uh, is the higher. Ceiling, yeah, the ceiling's higher than it is for Royce. Uh, we'll go up the page. I also think the floor is higher. Yeah, that's very true. He, Royce Freeman is averaging like an 11. It's insane. Like he's And he's not even the starter. Yeah, uh, but that's not sustainable. That's probably, mostly just the goal line work. It you is know, the goal line. Jeff also, Wilson's also it, averaging like a 15, okay? So let's not weird, talk about I, the I averages. Well, it's also for Royce, though, it's the weird games where he has four receptions. Like, it's, it's some weeks he has four, some weeks he has one. It's it's just... The the other thing, too... Okay, one last one. Uh, David Montgomery. Oh, I'd rather have Montgomery for sure. Okay, yeah, we're too high up the page. All right. Um... So really, that kind of makes it simple. I don't think you're trading Melvin Gordon at this point. That was one of the weird questions that people were asking. I guess if you want to go outside the position, uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Ridley. Yeah, it's going to be harder with receiver because receiver gets a bump. Uh, Mecole Hardman. Hardman. It's the same deal because like we talked about, you have to start three wide receivers. Right. And and Austin Eckler is going to be in the flex range at this point. So you're talking about the wide receivers in the 40s, basically. No, I know. That's kind of where I'm going down to. It's it like is, John, is the competent John value. Brown, John Brown's too high. Uh, John Ross, maybe, I guess, would probably be the Mendoza on that. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, where are we at? John Brown, Will John Fuller, Brown, Will MVS. Fuller, Jones. But some of these you'd rather have. Like Marvin Jones, I feel like you'd probably take the punt on Marvin Jones. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Jarvis Landry. High. Jarvis Landry I'd rather have because he's going to get – he's he's he had a nine last week. I mean, it's not great, but he's he's going to get uh-huh. a consistent nine, whereas Eckler – it's kind of the same thing, I guess. It's kind of a lateral yeah. push at that point. Yeah. Uh, your, your boy Emmanuel Michael Sanders. Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel's a good one, um, mostly just because I think there's always the chance that Emmanuel goes ping. Probably mm-hmm. Emmanuel, uh, right now. That's close, though. It's right on the line. He's right, that's why he's right in that Jarvis Landry territory. I think we found the territory. I'd rather, like, the guy we'll get into later, Cortland Sutton, if I was going to do that. But, yep. uh, yeah, over Emmanuel, but, uh, for rest of season. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that's kind of the neighborhood you're in. So, Good luck to you. <laughs> that's kind of. The, I feel like we've kind of covered it. You know what I mean? If you can yeah, get, I think that's you, kind of it. And then same Melvin Gordon. Receiver, I'm not trading away. Yeah, I'm not trading like Melvin Gordon. There's no point. You're never going to get what no. you put. You've already waited this long, so there's no point to that. Unless you're completely. Well, the point utterly, is, you, know, you got him so late in your draft. Sure. If somebody you wants probably to give you got him in the RB fourth value. or fifth round. If you get top five RB value and you're already dominating, if you're three yeah. and zero with two really good running backs, and you've got Melvin Gordon now, who you don't need, like he's surplus. Yeah, you can cash that. You should trade him for top too. five yeah. value. I also yeah. feel like, uh, let's see, what's a good example of this that you might have been I mean, able to hit on? 
Like, like maybe you got David Johnson and who would you've gotten in the second round? That's what I'm looking at. Um, here. Mark Ingram. Yeah, that's probably a little high maybe. for where Mark Ingram was going, but uh... Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Absolutely there you go. That's Dalvin that's Cook. it. That's the one. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's in the uh, So let's say you got uh, like, say you got Lev Bell and you got Dalvin Cook, and then you got Melvin Gordon a little bit later because people were scared off. I'd actually keep Melvin Gordon know, so as I. the best of those guys, trade one of and the I would two. be looking to trade one of the other two. Yeah. So I feel like there's e- even in your best case scenario, when you have a surplus at running back, Melvin Gordon is still the one I want. More than likely. Like, the guys that we had ahead of him are Saquon, who's hurt, Alvin Zeke, Kamara, and McCaffrey. Yep. You know, And if you've got one of those three guys to pair with Gordon... There's no, there's no way you had two of those guys already, is what I'm saying. Seems very um, unlikely. Yeah. Unless it was in that weird scenario where you were drafting, you know, in like the first week of August, and everybody thought Zeke was going to hold out, and you got Zeke in the second round. So somehow okay, yeah. you got like you got Zeke in the second round with McCaffrey, and in the third round for no reason you took Melvin Gordon just to and you double love, down. And you love life today, and today, my friend, you love life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and at that point, it. I would just say, just play them all. Just well, don't even point, trade. Just play them all at the flex. I buy yeah. some lottery tickets, and that's not normally financial advice I give to people. Like, that's the hillbilly health plan. It's not a good investment. But in your case, I might try and parlay whatever you got going on in the universe right yeah, now. Yeah, the mojo like, you've got there. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what's happening to you right now, but you should probably, like, buy lotto tickets or, like, go to Vegas or something. Don't bet the house, but yeah. Keep gambling because you <laughs> you love life. Yeah, it cl- it clearly paid off there. Yeah, like that's that's the boy. What? All right, moving on from the Chargers, other trades to go through here. One of the other ones too, and this is a guy we'll get into here to close out the show. But Josh Gordon for Robert Woods, straight up full point PPR. Who you like? Yeah, this goes back to the rest of season stuff we were talking about. Uh, Robert Woods, I still have as a top twenty guy. So I feel like he'll definitely turn it around. He, he's a guy that gets a lot of red zone play, and that offense has underachieved to this point what they can actually do, especially with the schedule they have left. Reminder, they still have Arizona twice on the schedule. <laughs> you do so, like giving that PSA to people. I do like throwing that uh, out there. Uh, I agree. Josh Gordon, agree. As, long as, as long as Julian Edelman is healthy, Josh Gordon we have or I've had all season basically is the high end thirties, um, you know, with that combination. Now, if something were to happen to Edelman, he instantly becomes a wide receiver too. And it's more murky, but you're, you, you have a cloudier path for him to get there than it is for Robert Woods. Be sure to check out Friday for Julian Edelman status. Spoiler alert. He's probably playing uh, <laughs> Josh Gordon. Um, yeah. I've, <laughs> He's a flex. He's wide receiver 31, it feels like, like every other week. He's 31, 33, 34, 29 on, a, on a, an occasional good week. And then there was that horrible week we don't talk about where Antonio Brown was on the team. That never <laughs> happened. We never mentioned that again. And then, uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I, the, I'm not ready to give up on Robert Woods yet. I'm not. I, I still, I'm a believer in his talent. I'm a believer that they'll figure out how to get that going a little bit more efficiently. And uh, as Steve points out, the schedule does actually loosen up and get a little bit easier. So that's good for everybody involved. If you're like me and you actually own Robert Woods, my advice would be don't panic. 
and uh, either stay the course. Well, really, that's all you can kind of do right now. And I think better days are ahead. But that's really that's really it. I just saw a lot of people. A lot of people are panic selling Robert Woods right now, and we're here to tell you. I don't think I don't think you're going to be happy with that. Uh, from the makers of "Don't Trade Mike Evans for a Ham Sandwich," bring you "Don't Trade Robert Woods for Nothing." <laughs> Fair uh, point. Fair point. Um, so just rolling forward, Aaron Jones and George Kittle for Mike Thomas, full point PPR. And this was interesting because a lot of people are afraid of. He had the touchdown, but a lot of people are afraid of the. Teddy Bridgewater downgrading Mike Thomas stuff. So this is an example of, of I think that. So this gentleman uh, has Disley, Will Disley as his backup tight end. His other receivers in this case are Adam Thielen, Larry Fitz, Tyrell Williams, John Brown. His other running backs are, he's got the duo of Coleman and Breida, Damian Williams, David Montgomery, and CMC Music Fast Factory, our guy, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, just... What side? What side do you like? So I think basically, I'm, I'm... breaking it down, as it is right now on his team, he's got McCaffrey, and then I would put David Montgomery, and then Aaron Jones third. Yes. And then, depending on health, Damian Williams third, Aaron Jones fourth, and then the duo, and, and then uh, the San Francisco running backs. Yeah, because that's and all he's got running. Kittle and Disley. Kittle obviously ahead of that, but Disley's a top ten guy, especially now that he's got the job basically all to himself in Seattle and the way that they're utilizing him in that offense. Uh, in terms of wide receivers, he, he's got Thielen, Larry Fitz, a guy who we'll talk about in a little bit, and then uh, Tyrell Williams. That's not great. If I can get Michael Thomas, I, I would absolutely be doing it. He's not yeah. giving up a whole ton. And this is another case where if I'm looking at just, oh, Aaron Jones and Kittle for Michael Thomas, eh, I don't know. Kittle dominates his position so much. It would depend on what else I had at wide receiver, how desperate I was, and then how desperate I was at tight end. And given the rest of that roster makeup, I'm absolutely doing that trade. Yeah, and that's what was my thoughts on the matter, too. And this guy was getting a lot of a lot of garbage in the chat. And I was talking to him and I was like, no, man, you're you're thinking right. Your head screwed on right. You're doing you're doing a smart move here because you want to you want to upgrade at receiver now while you still can, because one of the some of this is going to go ping as we as we can potentially talk about here in a moment. But the last guy you didn't mention is final guy is John Brown. And so this is a 12 team league. And I'm like, yeah, but if you get Michael Thomas you feel a lot better about your team because you can pretty much play Michael Thomas and either. Well, right. Thielen, yeah. Right now on a weekly basis, you're playing Thielen Fitz and Williams and Brown is like the, the floater slash flex. And yeah, if, that, and if you make this trade, you get Michael Thomas, you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. You're not worrying about this anymore and you can still kind of, you know, rock out with the running back core you have. You didn't lose a whole lot yep. by giving up Aaron Jones. It's not really a downgrade for you. You do get weaker at tight end, obviously, but then you kind of just join the pack of everybody else. My point is I think you're being fairly compensated. Whereas other people yeah, are saying, and you have Thomas to remember when you're when you're talking about this too, you have to remember that the fantasy community loves Aaron Jones a lot more than the Packers do. They sure do. Sure do. They think Aaron Jones is the moon. I don't understand what's going on there. It's insane because we all know the moon belongs to Frank Gore. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yep, absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, but yeah, no, you you want to do that trade and don't listen to the people who are telling you that Aaron Jones is going to be 
a monster for you down the stretch. Aaron Jones is supremely talented. Will he ever get the full workload in Green Bay, though? No, he won't. Not until the floor is fired. Sometime around week nine. Um, the uh, So this is just a good opportunity at this point to do some kind of early trade targets, because we'll get into this more uh, next week, because next week is usually when you've had four games at that point. If you're underperforming significantly by that point, it's usually time to start making some decisions. So in preparation for next week, let's run through some kind of buy lows and sell high, just so people can get kind of a lay of the land. And maybe if you want to go float some offers out uh, a little early, get ahead of the curve, not always the worst idea. Sometimes you can get ahead of it. So let's, uh, let's do it. Let's do it as buy lows first, and then we'll do sell high. So first one on the list for buy lows, Stefan Diggs. And I know a lot of people just dropped whatever they were holding and uh and just swore uh at their uh their phone but no i'm here to tell you better days ahead for steph Diggs. like here's the one concerning thing about steph Diggs, right is the fact that 20 passes a game yeah nobody runs the ball at a higher clip than the vikings and nobody throws the ball at a lower rate than the vikings through three games he's got 12 targets it's it's not great that said, I feel like after last season, they got so much guff for not running the ball that this is kind of just an overcorrection, and it'll balance itself out as we go through the season. I concur. Also, I think you'll get one of either Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison killed if you can't balance it out a little bit more. So. There's also like I, I'm just not prepared to cut bait on Diggs, and I think if somebody is prepared to cut bait on him, and you can pick him up again by low, you can pick him up on the cheap because somebody's frustrated. I'm I'm doing that. I am doing that, especially if you've got a strong wide receiver core, and you can kind of wait and see. That's a uh, that's an absolute buy low. So Steve, why don't we why don't why don't you take the next one since it's your it's your it's your BFF? Well, I mean, Joe Mixon is a guy I've talked about a couple of times now uh, as a decent buy low candidate. When he's in there, he's got the talent to be a top 10 running back. And, you know, given the opportunity and workload, he absolutely will be. So he will certainly outperform what his current rate and value is right now. Uh, Another guy is Devonta Freeman from Atlanta. He's a guy I'm a little more skeptical about just because historically dirt cutter offenses do not run the ball very well. So it it was a fear coming into this season, and it's kind of coming to fruition. Uh, We're hoping that the case in Tampa was just that they didn't have the talent of Devonta Freeman. And unfortunately, to this point, that hasn't been the the case. It's just transitioned the exact same from one to the other. So Devonta Freeman is a guy that I'm certainly willing to buy in on, though, right now. He's right around 36, I believe, in points. If I can get basically flex payment for Devonta Freeman, uh, I'll certainly buy into that. Well, swinging back to wide receivers, like the amount of like we talked about it a minute ago, but the amount of panic selling that's going on with Robert Woods is just not okay. I understand he's wide receiver fifty four. It's been bad. He's had one good game, and well, one game where he returned value, and two games where he's significantly underperformed. I understand that, but. As we pointed out, the schedule loosens up. They seem to be kind of rounding into a groove here a little bit later because obviously, as we all know, the Rams do not partake in the preseason. They start their season week one after after camp. They don't 
play anybody who's actually going to play in any meaningful way. And it seems like there's just kind of some rust connection issues and they've had a couple really tough matchups. So uh, I think with the amount he's involved with his target share still being what it is, because it's not like they're not targeting him. He's still a big part of the offense and he's still good to pick up like two carries a week for you. Eventually he's going to start rounding into form here and coming and coming along. So I'm, I'm, if people are willing to, uh, to, if I can go and give somebody some sort of lower end flex option for Robert Woods right now, because somebody's annoyed and wants him off their team, I'm absolutely doing it. And I might even give you a, give you a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? So Robert Woods is definitely somebody you want to have on your radar. If somebody's annoyed and want. And, you know, I talked about the Lions a lot in the preseason. One of the big things was they have a really tough opening to their schedule. But as the year goes on, it lightens up a lot. They have one of the easier second halves. Uh, As a result of that, carry on Johnson, uh, Marvin Jones, and then, of course, the guy we have on our list here, Kenny Galladay. Things are going to open up for them, and and the offense is going to be able to move a lot better. So it's certainly somebody you want to be looking at. And then Cortland Sutton out there in Denver. Uh, just the volume he's getting right now, completely out of control. So at, at some point, that's going to turn into production. And he's actually averaging eight game. targets. He's averaging eight targets a game. He's had eight. It's it's literally that. He's had eight targets in every game, and he's only had one bad game really uh, in week two. But it's really kind of been wonky and inconsistent. So if somebody isn't you know, ready to trust it and doesn't want it. I a hundred percent am out there looking for Coyle and Sutton shares right now. But another guy who's kind of similar to that mold where getting the volume, it's just the results haven't paid off. And for him, it's been a little bit more about the dropsies, but DD Westbrook, everybody wants to talk about DJ chart. Do, 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 do. Uh, and, uh, you know, with good reason, he's been, he's been excellent, but, uh, don't forget about DD. He hasn't, really put it all together just yet in terms of like having a great game this year, but he's had, he's been hugely involved in the red zone. That's he's, they still look for him at every opportunity, even though it's Gardner Minshew and he's just had a little bit of drops and a little bit of bad luck. So I'm not prepared to just cut bait on DD yeah, the West targets Brooks. are there. The red zone targets, especially it's the red zone targets. It, it'll turn around so involved for him. There. The last one was so weirdly fluky where he just dropped it in the end zone. That's on him. Yeah. And we all know, but like if somebody saw that and they're upset by it, I'll take him like better days are ahead. the one we're split on here is Jared Goff. We were split in the preseason as well. I have Goff as a top 10 guy. I feel like he can still finish that way. We talked about the Rams slow start to the season, how it'll turn around as we get further into it. Uh, I have Cooper cup as a top 10 wide receiver rest of the way. Just the sure. volume he's getting is insane right now. It's ridiculous. So Jared Goff, uh, somebody I'm definitely interested in to buy low because you know, there's people out there right now that are starting Gardner Minshew. You know, they're they're <laughs> starting Kyle Allen. They're starting the flavor of the week that's going to tailor off here. And, you know, Jared Goff is a guy that consistently down the stretch I feel like I can rely on. Did you know they still play the Cardinals twice? I did. I did know that. But it's because I know you. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, they still have the Cardinals twice. And here's the thing about this. Because I'm talking about picking up Robert Woods. And it's a, I can see how that would be confusing. Let me explain. It, it's entirely possible for the skill position players to maintain or even increase some of their value. And for Jared Goff to still underperform at the quarterback. And it's the turnovers and it's the weird ass wonky bad decisions that he makes. And I just want no 
part of this. I didn't want any part of it in the preseason. I don't want any part of it now. I'm happy to invest in some of the skill position guys for the Rams. I think they'll all return on value, but Goff is not somebody that I'm out there trying to like reliably count on because the minute you do, he goes out there and lays an egg and gets a six and he throws three picks. And it's just, I've never seen him fully shake that. And it's just, it's not something I feel like I want to trust or hitch my wagon to. And I've, I've, I've been on this since the preseason. Uh, through three games, I'm winning this argument, but we have like <laughs> 14 more to go, 14 more weeks. So we'll see. And then uh, PSA, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, injured QBs that I still think have potential in the second half of the season. If you've got the roster space, back into your bench, never a bad idea. Uh, sell highs. We'll kick it off with Mark Ingram. Uh, again, a, a guy we've had as an RB2, legitimately top 20s. Right now, he's number five. No way he finishes the year as a top five running back. He's not going to fall into the end zone three times. You're not going to play Miami every week. And the Chiefs defense. Don't forget about that. That happened too. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Mark Ingram, good player, a lot of talent, a lot of volume, no shot. He's a top five running back. If you can get RB1 value for him, absolutely taking it. it. Even if you can get RB2 value for him, Depends on who I mean, it is. You're going apples to apples. But depends so, on who it is. Yeah. So maybe, but you know, I mean, RB two is his value. Yes. So if you can get RB one so, value, you're absolutely you take it and you it. run to the bank. Yeah. And I'll take the next two here in tandem because it's the same analysis. Rex Burkhead and Chris Thompson. It's the same logic applies. It's guys that are on teams that have proven to kind of have a short shelf life. Uh, to be polite about it, and uh, very talented when they're on the field. But kind of the same player in a lot of ways. Small, scrappy, play running back, catch a lot of passes, have a tendency to get uh, blasted. So there's there's that. You, you, you've got those guys in all likelihood off the waiver wire for nothing. So right now, what was Chris Thompson, Steve? He was RB18, 18. I want to say. Yeah, 18. Yeah, so Chris Thompson is never going to finish the season at, at RB18. So if somebody wants to go ahead and uh, – give you something like in that range for Chris Thompson, I'm taking that to the bank. I'm going to go ahead and get me something a little bit more reliable than Chris Thompson and the, the R's and garbage time. And Rex Burkhead's kind of the same thing. He's getting a lot of this extra work because it's early in the season. Belichick is known to play his backups early in the season to see who's going to stick and who's reliable. Plus in Burkhead's case, White's missed the game because of uh, birth of his child, I believe. And uh, yes, uh, congratulations. And he also, uh, has been less involved because they've just been boat racing people. They smashed Miami to a place where it's like, why, why, why even put anybody who's a starter out here? Like it just, they say it's just, that's been what's happening. He's been more involved because they've just been winning at such an unbelievable rate that there's really no reason to get anybody else hurt at that point. So that's kind of been what's going on. So if somebody wants to give me something in RB two neighborhood, yeah, I'm taking it. Taking it for both those guys. Next up, Larry Legend. Look, love Larry Fitz. Has a legitimate shot to have a really good season. His best fantasy season in a long time. I've got him finishing right around wide receiver 30. Rest of season. So from this point forward, I've got him basically as a wide receiver 3. Right now, he's wide receiver 13 overall. If if I can get wide receiver 2 or even crazy wide receiver 1 value for Larry Fitz, I'm absolutely doing it. And this is something we talked about in the pre-show as well, the fact that it's possible if I could get a trade of Larry Fitz for Steph Diggs and Joe Mixon, 
two guys I'm willing to buy low on that at some point here, Diggs will surpass Fitz and I will be able to have Mixon then and basically is a free throw in. This this one does carry the certain weird risk that you might actually get burned because he has some sort of miracle old man season and with just the offense they run. But I agree with you in, in principle, it, it, just from the projections, it's not I didn't have him projected anywhere near wide receiver 13. And I know obviously you didn't either. So if you go by by the projections, which are usually end up being right. Uh, yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not a good long-term prospect, but just be. be and even warned. then, right now he's wide receiver thirteen. Can he outkick that? Like he's already hit his ceiling, that's the, hasn't that's he? The he's question. already like, broken you, through. I don't see the how glass he could possibly ceiling. go higher than yeah, like than where he currently is. Yeah, you're never going to have higher value for Larry Fitz than you. You, have you wouldn't right now. think so. You would think that this is the logical time to sell it off, like right now. So that's why he made the list. It is absolutely something you want to be considering. Speaking uh, of value never being I was, higher, I was Nelson Aguilar. This. Uh, i.e. Rex Burkhead, Chris Thompson. You got him on the waiver wire. If somebody wants to give you something pretty, do it. Like, just 100% do it. You do, He's going to have no value four weeks, right? Like, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and this one I'm more reluctant about, but DJ Chark, uh, we just talked about that a little bit with D.D. Westbrook. D.D. will turn it around when he does. Some of the targets, some of the volume comes away from DJ Chark. I still have DJ as a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three rest of season. But right now, he's right up there with Larry Fitz, top end of wide receiver two. If I can get something for DJ Chark with how hot he has been, you know, if I can get something to his current value, then I will absolutely step away from the uh, the DJ Chark experience in order to cash in and help my team uh, at a different position or in multiple spots. Oh, absolutely. No. And it's, it's a shame too, because DJ Chark has just been <sighs> red zone monster catches a touchdown every week, but uh, we'll do the last cause they're all quarterbacks. So this is just going to be quick. Kyler Murray. If you can get what he's at right now, you might want to take it because it feels like at some point there's going to be a wall that this team hits more than likely as teams kind of start to figure out what they're actually doing. It's not something I want to rely on for the rest of the year. Same story kind of with Josh Allen. You got to figure the bills aren't going to be three and O <laughs> and they're playing the Patriots this week. So that's probably going to end quickly. And uh, it, it's just, I don't view it as something that you can reliably, handle. but Steve, let's do the fun one. Let's do the fun one. Tom Brady. This is the good one. So what you want to do with Tom is, you wait until his schedule starts to get tough, like we've been telling you is going to happen to the Patriots, and you trade him like right there. But what you do before that is you go and get either – I like Drew Brees, personally, of the two that we mentioned, uh, less scared of his timetable and injury. But yeah. you go get Drew Brees for nothing and just stash him on the end of your bench and then just trade Tom Brady at the absolute apex of his value and just roll Drew Brees for the rest of the year and just laugh your way to the bank – that, yeah, the Patriots schedule-wise are the reverse of uh, the Lions that I've talked about. So the first eight weeks of the season, the Patriots have far and away the easiest schedule in all of football. The last eight weeks of the season, I believe they're 24th or 25th. It gets real rough in a hurry for them, which is why you got to bail on the defense. you got to bail on most of the skill guys, uh, including 
getting rid of Tom Terrific by about midway through the season. So that's not quite a sell high now. That's more for down the line, um, but just something to keep in mind for sure. And then uh, you mentioned Murray and Allen, two guys that are currently top 10, but we both feel are going to regress to the mid, you know, 15, 16, 17 range. Mid-table, Mid-table. Yeah. yeah. So just outside of like starter-ish territory. And they're both guys, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, you probably were able to grab at the back end, you know, just like Tom Brady, back into your draft or off waivers so that, you know, the slow starting quarterback that you're looking at, like a Jameis Winston, for example, you can go pick up off of waivers or you can hold on to for when he turns it around and he's the guy for you like he was supposed to be all along. Same thing with Mitchell Trubitsky. I'm not totally done with that. I just, I feel like we got to check in on that uh, towards the end of the season. Cause everybody's yeah, cut bait Baker on Mayfield. it. Everybody's There's cut just bait. so much talent on Cleveland that for Baker Mayfield, I feel like at some point it has to turn around. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's eyebrow raising for sure, but I'm not ready to cut bait on either of those two guys. I've, I've got them as turnaround candidates for sure. All right. Well, there you go. So we will be back on Friday with more news and notes. And uh, until then, just keep up the nonsense. Catch you Friday. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.